So typically I start these episodes with some sort of witty quote that revolves around the, the deadly sin that I'm covering. But for this particular deadly sin, I could not find an adequate quote to start off with. So I'm just going to go with a popular meme that I see circling on social media quite often. And that is the phrase, I just can't adult today. And that's what we're going to do to kick off the sin of sloth. Because uh, honestly, uh, there's a lot of different ways I can go with this. And that was probably the one most relevant quote that I think kind of sums up uh, this seven, one of the seven deadly sins that I'm going to be covering today as it pertains to writing. So welcome to the Writer's Lens. This is the deadly sin of sloth and how it pertains to writing and creativity. I'm Josh J.C. Ofelto, and this is episode 53 of the Writer's Lens. So I would have to say that although all the seven deadly sins, sloth is probably the one that most people don't see as a dangerous one. I mean, if anything, it's the one that's uh, indulged and maybe even glorified due to its sort of semi-comedic value. Uh, you know, I think about a lot of movies that came out in the 90s that were about hapless losers who turned into virtuous winners by the end of the story. Uh, and this was a rather common arch, you know, archetype that I would see. I mean, uh, Adam Sandler played this up quite well with a lot of his films, namely, uh, you know, like Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison probably is the most uh, extreme version of it, a guy who has everything, and he's just a complete slob, he's lazy, and just wastes away his time. Uh, you know, Will Ferrell's been in quite a few movies like this, Vince Vaughn, you know, and now guys like Seth Rogen have also capitalized on this idea of, you know, sort of slovenly, lazy, you know, lack of energy behavior that can seem almost comedic at times rather than being something that is dangerous to maybe your well-being or perhaps your psyche or anything like that. Well, I'm here today to tell you that sloth as a sin is actually a detriment, even if it can be somewhat comedic in the moment, right? You know, despite what these stories tell us, uh, despite the the comfort level that comes with being the class clown or the joker who, you know, is always kind of five steps behind everybody, but everyone loves him because he is the lovable loser, uh, you know, is that really the persona that we want as a creative or as a writer? I mean, do you really want that to be the, you know, prevailing identity of what you do and what your platform is? I would think not, because if it ultimately was what you were uh, identified as, would you ever actually finish anything? Probably not, right? <laughs> Probably not, and that's what we're going to unpack today. So so anyway, how I feel about this sin in general is it obviously gets thrown in with laziness, okay, or, you know, lazy behavior or lack of caring, things like that. Uh, sloth is actually from a Latin term that literally means to not care. It means to act without care at all. And before I start going in a lot of different directions with this, you know, how does this pertain to writing? I think sloth pertains to writing in so many different ways. And, and as far as creativity is concerned, I mean, we all get flashes of brilliance or inspiration every now and again. There's something that just strikes within us and we say, you know what, that's a great idea. I want to write that, I want to do that, I want to make this vision come to, come to fruition. And so, you know, you, you start to create your game plan, right? You're outlining things, 
or maybe you're, you're writing down the idea before you forget it, or you're telling a few friends so you have a little bit of accountability, whatever it is, you've been inspired and, and you want to move forward with it. And then some things begin to happen, you know, like life begins to happen, or other priorities start to take up your time, or there's a mishap in, in, the, you know, in the process. And we all face these roadblocks. But when is it that the roadblock is truly just ourselves and the lack of initiative from within? I think this is something that every creative, without the disciplines, without the habitual sort of learned mechanisms for getting through the really deep valleys of maybe doubt, you know, like self-doubt or self-defeat, you're not going to be able to get out of that chasm without uh, recognizing that maybe there's some laziness, maybe there's some self-inflicted lack of exertion on your own part to get out of that valley. Uh, you know, again, I'll always speak from experience in some of these areas is that, uh, you know, being the king of procrastination is never a throne I want to sit on, but I, I know I sit on it frequently because there are things that that I do where, uh, you know, I think to myself, okay, well, I really need to finish this next page or I need to finish this outline for this chapter. And I'm sitting there staring at it and I immediately begin to go, well, you know what? I, I guess I could just check out another YouTube video or I can listen to that soundtrack I've been wanting to listen to or listen to the rest of it or see what's on Facebook or, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll read something else. Anything to keep me distracted from what I'm actually supposed to be doing. And yes and no, you could say that's a part of maybe the sin of sloth, but, but I really do think the two are intertwined because you're putting off something. You're, you're not actually taking... Uh, the bull by the horns, as you would as you'd say, to get something done, and uh, I think that this this is what really makes us miss opportunities, and that's my first point of this episode is that when we're dealing with this with this sin of sloth, and and we are creatives, we're writers, or you know, uh, you know, as I was just interviewing Jordan Rayner, who is a serial entrepreneur, uh, we are going to miss opportunities around us by having this lack of initiative within us. Okay. I mean, being comfortable is not a horrible thing. Okay. Uh, Having some comfort is not a bad thing. I'm not trying to paint comfort as this, this horrible vice. It's certainly not. But this, this idea of being too comfortable, having too much of a routine that leads to the same thing over and over again. You know, there's, there's some popular terms in business where if you're just flatlining, you're not growing, right? Like, like sales should be somewhat improving. There should be some new connections being made. Uh, flatlining year after year means that you're not really doing anything to grow and your business is probably on its way on the on the downswing rather than the upswing because of that it's the same concept with with writing it's the same concept with producing something or anything creative you know you have to be able to recognize the opportunities but you also have to have some initiative within to make these things happen Uh, when I was writing my first couple books uh, when I was uh, doing uh, the Epiphanies theories books years and years ago, when I when I thought I was on top of the world and I was going to write a national bestseller, <laughs> my first self-published book, uh, I thought everything was going to happen as it was supposed to. I'm a great writer. I don't have to do a ton of work. I can kind of mosey my way through this. And it literally took me about six months to write my first book. And granted, it doesn't seem like a terribly long time to write a book, but the fact that I blazed through it very impatiently and I procrastinated several times throughout it. Uh, it really showed when the final product was was done. Uh, 
because it just showed that I had a lack of attention to detail and I had just been lazy about editing. I'd been lazy about, you know, going the extra mile to give it to some beta readers, give it to some other people to see what they thought of it. I really was living in my own echo chamber of, of, of me. Okay. <laughs> That's really what I was doing. And, you know, you have to go through these things. I mean, I had to go through this to learn that that's something that you have to, to figure out. I mean, some people just have to learn the hard way. They don't want to take wisdom, uh, you know, from someone trying to give it to them. But for me, it was a missed opportunity in many ways. It was a missed opportunity to learn and grow outside of myself because I was so convinced that what I had going for me was, was good. And mostly it was because I was comfortable. I was completely comfortable with where I was as a creative, as a writer, and I didn't think there, there needed to be any kind of refining. So that's the, that's the first one. Now, the second part of this, when dealing with this sin of sloth as it relates to writing and, and you know, creativity, is that we can tend to become a bit of a mischief maker. And you might be thinking, okay, what on earth does that mean when it comes to writing? Right? Like, how am I causing mischief? How am I becoming the wrench in things uh, you know, when talking about this particular sin? Well... Again, I, I talked about distraction. You know, I was mentioning distraction earlier. Well, the thing is, is that mischief makers tend to be people that uh, kind of interrupt things, right? Or they're, they get distracted with something else. And they end up kind of muddying the waters. or They end up muddying things for other people because of the fact that they're lacking any kind of maybe their own path or maybe their own message. And so when I think about, you know, just any time I've been extremely lazy with myself or, or I feel like I've lacked initiative, I'm often trying to copy somebody else. Like I want to be a copycat, <laughs> you know, like not really digging into like what my message would be. And again, I'll go back to my first couple of books. I mean, the, the Epiphanies Theories books, I, I again, I thought my, my message was going to be satire. I love satire, okay? I'm not trying to, you know, come down on satire or anything like that. Uh, but I, I wanted to do that because that's what was most natural for me was having sort of this sarcastic voice and being humorous and, and witty and all those kinds of things. And there wasn't a lot of work involved, but for a lot of people and for anyone who read my stuff, it, it was almost like causing a lot of mischief that was not good mischief. Like, like it's good to be somewhat controversial. I think, I, I think that as a writer, you're going to be controversial if you tell the truth, because telling the truth is, is controversial. Uh, not telling the truth, I think, is, is somewhat controversial, but more controversial is to tell the truth. Uh, but when I'm not telling the truth, and I'm not really speaking to the voice that, that I, uh, I think deep down inside I knew I was supposed to be at that time, and I was still kind of experimenting, this was a false voice. This wasn't my voice, necessarily. Like, this comedic turn that I was moving into. Again, nothing wrong with comedy or humor or anything like that. But this wasn't going to be my message. But I was pushing it out there and causing myself a lot of problems or pain because I was neglecting what my actual voice was supposed to be. But again, I had to go through this to recognize that. All right, there's always the silver lining in this. Even though, you know, I may have gone rogue and considered myself to be the greatest writer, you know, ever, <laughs> um, the humbling process was great. But the fact is that I caused myself a lot of headaches because I was neglecting something. I was distracted. I was, 
I was basically not wanting to put in enough work, and I'd caused a lot of problems for myself by doing this. Uh, but again, trying to have that optimistic outlook was now I could have a better understanding of what my message was shaping and becoming. So, so that's the second thing, becoming a bit of a mischief maker for yourself. So we have missed opportunities, we have mischief makers, and since I always do three takeaways in this Deadly Sin series, the third one uh, that I want to talk about is how we end up misusing our giftings. And this is probably the biggest one of them all. Yes, we can miss opportunities, and yes, we can cause some mischief out in the marketplace and, and for ourselves uh, you know, when we're not taking initiative, when we're being kind of lazy with our, with our writing and our craft. When you are a writer and you have a message, you believe in your bones that you have a message, you just believe within yourself that there's, there's a, there is something that needs to come out of you, why wouldn't you want to give it 100%, right? Like, why wouldn't you want to do the best that you possibly could to tell people that? Like, I would. I mean, that's what I'm hopefully accomplishing with doing this podcast and, you know, with the writing that I do. I want my message to be as refined and as good and as clear as possible whenever I am behind the mic or I'm talking with other people on a podcast or if I'm, I'm writing, I'm putting something out into the Internet space. I want my message to be clear, concise, and I want it to be correct, of course, but I also want to give it my all, right? I want to be able to give it all the exerted energy that it deserves because it's part of that voice uh, that I've learned that this is what my message will be. And yes, your message could change a little bit over time, okay? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not naive about that, but giving it 100% means that you're going to try and cultivate the gift that you have already, but you recognize that it's still incomplete. There's something incomplete about your habits maybe, or your disciplines, or, or maybe how you're managing your time. Again, time management is such a huge thing uh, for any creative. We all love to believe that we can fly by the seat of our pants and we'll write an overnight uh, success story. No, that's just, that's just, <laughs> that's just not gonna happen. Um, <coughs> I think if anything, I was really convicted of this from my latest interview um, with Jordan Rayner, the author of Call to Create, who is extremely buttoned up and talks about working on projects and how they're more than just 90 to 120 day things. I mean, they're almost a year out from launching a book, putting a product into the marketplace. And I, and I think that kind of advice is invaluable because here's someone that has really done well in that area. And they're telling you, yeah, this is actually the process. This is what it takes to get your book, your idea, into a space where more than just your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, more than those people are going to read it or get their hands on it. Lots of preparation going into it. And part of that preparation is really working on our gifting, really working on our skill set, really trying hard to recognize that we have weaknesses and we need to address those. And again, I, I, you know, I've never proclaimed to be perfect at this. Uh, you know, that's always a, uh, you know, an ever learning organic process, but there should be some gusto behind you. There should be some gumption within you that says, you know, I, I really want to use my giftings well. And when we're talking about sloth and when we're talking about this sin of sort of laziness, that is something that keeps us buttoned up. That's something, and I don't mean buttoned up in a good way this time. I mean, it keeps us tied down in a sense. We think we have comfort and we think we have 
everything as as it should be because we have a nice routine or or you know or I can I can always have you know put that off till tomorrow but <clears throat> the reality is that we've we've hindered ourselves you know we've almost hindered ourselves in a way that is you know uh, you know inflicting self sort of self-harm in a creative sense now I do want to uh, you know posit this to anyone who's listening I totally understand that there are things that happen in our lives that do cause serious roadblocks to launching a product or a book I, I totally get that okay so I'm not trying to underscore that whatsoever uh, you know I'm not trying to say to everybody this is the exact way to do it and and, and that's it okay hard work and discipline absolutely works and it'll work for you and I totally get that there are things that happen that will delay and keep us from getting to where we need to go. I totally understand that. But try to keep in mind and be encouraged by the fact that there are certain things that you can control. There are certain things that you can do to better yourself as a creative, as a writer. Uh, there are things that you can hone yourself that does not require uh, you know, you know, a, a supreme act of God to make things better for you. There are some things you can do right where you are. You know, maybe it's read more. Okay, maybe it's reading more of the genre that you hope to write about. Maybe it's listening to more of the voices that you want to become a voice just like. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can do within our, within our spheres that we can begin to build upon until eventually we, we, we realize that we've reached kind of this critical mass and then we can leap into the next sphere or or place of influence uh, that we're trying to get to. So that's my encouragement really with this with this concept is that I get it. Okay, I get it. You know, I, I've procrastinated. I've been lazy myself. I totally get that. But if we give into this identity, if we give into this idea that comfort is is great and, you know, my routine is what it is, and I, but I'm not really making any progress, that's a problem. That's something that needs to be assessed. And like I said, you'll miss opportunities, you'll cause a lot of mischief for yourself, a lot of problems, and ultimately, you know, you're, you're not going to use the gift. You know, you're not going to use the message well that's within you, right? That's just never going to come to fruition. Now, one more thing before I go is I don't want anyone to get anxiety over this. <laughs> like, I don't want anyone to walk away from this and go, well, Josh, you're telling me that I, I now have to go 150 miles an hour to make sure that I get all my, my, my habits right and I get all of my, 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 work, uh, you know, my work in order. This is the only way I'm going to be successful. No. Okay. There's a difference between having an eager spirit and being an anxious, nervous Nelly. Okay. Like there's, there's a difference. And anxiety is trying to control things that you cannot, where being eager about something is being open to learning. Okay. So being open to learning and open to uh, perhaps cultivating something new that could be of use or helpful to you, that's really where the mindset ought to be. And that's not a mindset of, of the person that is, that is kind of facing down this sort of sloth-like behavior. Because as I said, sloth is to act without care. And when I, and I don't care about things, I'm not going to want to be the best me. I'm not going to want to put the best book out there. I may have a vision for it, but I, but I really don't care. You know, I really just don't care at the end of the day. And that's not where we want to be as creatives. That's not where we want to be as writers. So that is what I will leave you with 
in this episode of The Writer's Lens, dealing with the sixth deadly sin of sloth on our way to finishing up this series on the seven deadly sins and how I've related them to writing and creativity. So again, I just uh, really appreciate you guys checking this podcast out, listening in. I hope you're getting some good nuggets from this. And that is somewhat of an encouragement, not just somewhat, but a encouragement to you as you are listening uh, you know, to these episodes. So I got one more sin to go, as you know. Uh, this was number six, so the seventh is on its way. I'm sure you've if you've been counting along at home, you know that the seventh one is pride, and I saved that one for last because, well, you know, what's better than being too proud of a writer, you know, <laughs> being too proud of your work? There's so much to unpack in that one. So I am looking forward to uh, getting after that one with you guys uh, here in the future. So until next time, uh, be sure to like, share, subscribe, share this uh, podcast with someone that you know, you know, who might be writing a book or or is interested in, you know, kind of learning about you know, being a creative writer, you know, things like that. And uh, I'd love to hear from you guys too. So be sure to check in with that. Uh, and I uh, hopefully will get back to you in a timely manner. I will not be slovenly in my responses. I will do my best. So thanks again, guys. I will catch you with you again soon. This is Josh J.C. Alfalto for The Writer's Lens. Mm-hmm.